Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Big news, everybody. Dan and I are playing London's O2 Arena. Yes. Well, not the whole arena. I mean, not a lot of people realise that there's that there's other bits of it. So if you just say the O2. Fine, I'm happy with like, that. It's not a lie, is it? So That's true. Dan and I are playing the O2 Arena London, our biggest gig yet at Cineworld. And you can be there. This is the Just for Laughs Festival. It's happening on Sunday, the 5th of March. Um, we've got some amazing guests. TBA, it's going to be good. There's some amazing people on the lineup, including Graham Norton, Catherine Ryan, and we can't wait to see you at Just for Last Festival. So get your tickets right now. Go to gaynongay.com. Yeah, it's in the afternoon of Sunday, the 5th of March. So if you're in London, come down. If you're not, come down to London or come up to London. Sorry, not everybody lives above London or in London. You okay, Dan? Some people live in Brighton. You're right. Quite a few of our listeners, in are, fact, are you okay? Live in Brighton. Yeah, 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 I'm cool. Great. They know what they're doing. I'm just, I'm just not a London, uh, London wanker. Oh, you know are you not? No, no, no. Oh, no. I thought you were. No, no, oh, no. Oh, that's so funny. I've got, one, I've got one foot on in the rest of the country. Right. <laughs> so relatable and real. Yeah, exactly. Visit gainongay.com to get tickets, and we'll see you in 2023. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Karen Anderson. And I'm Vanessa Bennett. And we are the hosts of the Puberty Podcast. It's a show that weaves together scientific research, parenting strategies, and hilarious stories to help adults who are raising kids through adolescence. First, we lay the groundwork for how puberty has changed. And then we get into the tricky territory of how to talk about it with kids. Listen to us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Coming up... If you're having sex, or you're a sex worker, or you're doing substances, none of that stuff means that you deserve to be unsafe. None of that stuff means bad things happening to you is your fault. A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. Two unlikely friends take on the world. Hello, welcome to A Gay and a Non-Gay. Yay, happy Christmas, everyone. Yeah, happy Christmas. Celebrate Christmas, we're talking this week about Santa Claus the Serial Killer. Oh, what a wonderful time of the year to discuss a serial killer. It's a new six-part series fronted by our friend Mobin Azar about a man in Toronto called Bruce MacArthur who was a Santa Claus in a shopping mall, uh, but also turned out to be a serial killer who focused on brown-skinned gay men. So please welcome to Again and Non-Gay. He's the man that Yorkshire Live described as being... A Huddersfield Louis Theroux. 
Uh, it's Mabeen Azar. Welcome. It, it Hi. Is, the, the Daily Mail also said I had a quiff that was uh, ludicrous. Yeah. And they also said my quiff was so big, it must have required planning permission. How much maintenance does it? It's a blow dry and then spray at the roots and that's it. It's done. That's it. Yeah, you know your hair has memory, doesn't it? So my hair has memory. Does it? Yeah. Does it? What, like- yeah, it's, it's learned to do this. No, it really has. If you has do your, it? If you do your hair the same way for, I don't know, three months, it has memory. It's like muscle memory. You've normally got a very like well-maintained beard as well. Yes. And that has, has been gone and for replaced the th- with this moustache. Yes. So I was in uh, I was on holiday with my husband. Uh, we were in Mykonos a few uh. weeks ago and I had a shave for the first time in maybe 12 years. Would you ever shave? <laughs> the problem is, you kn- you know about the Jamie Dornan thing, right? Yes, oh, that you look exactly like Jamie Dornan. Thanks very much. Yeah. Oh. So yes, I-, I would love to talk about this with you, but because we've already discussed it, maybe like right, well, ten times. But Mabine, 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 to other listeners, Mabine does think that I look like him. That's I fine. absolutely do. That's I think okay. I made a joke that everyone always made. Last time I saw you, I was yeah. like, hey Jamie, oh, <laughs> when's the new Fifty Shades coming out? Let's talk about Santa Claus, the serial yes. killer. Yes, it's quite triggering to watch it because I've knocked on so many strangers doors and had sex with them yeah completely and i've i'll be really frank you know i've been there i think we've probably had this conversation in private maybe in passing before you know i <laughs> well, had well let's have it here <laughs> let's have it here yeah welcome to a gay and a non-gay He's gay, Bruce. And we've seen this a lot. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer, Luca Magnotta, also from Canada, also living in Toronto when he murdered his boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And it's really scary because it's on some level, I love to try and understand people. So mm-hmm. I'm like, why are these gay people murdering gay people? Oh, it's obviously shame. I can relate to that. And then the next minute, I'm suddenly like comparing myself to a serial killer. Mm. Obviously, I'm not. But do you also have that same empathy for these people like Bruce who are obviously so affected by their shame being gay that that's mm. why is that why he killed do you think or have I got that wrong James your word empathy is such a it's such an important word isn't it because you say empathy and you think yeah of course we should have empathy for every living thing and yet you see someone like Bruce MacArthur you think about the lives he destroyed and there's part of that there's a kind of um gut reaction I think we all have, which is, you know, you are evil incarnate. And yet I think it's important to try to understand what happened. Now, this isn't my analysis. There's a contributor in the series who we're going to call Isaac. He was meeting Bruce fairly regularly. And at one point, Bruce tried to kill him. Isaac fought him off, got out of the van and ended up calling the police. I reference all this because when I speak to Isaac about your question, why did Bruce end up this way? Isaac has really clear analysis. He says, Bruce MacArthur was gay, he hated himself, and therefore he hates gay people. He told this story about Bruce MacArthur. You know, at one point he had two children, he had a wife, and Isaac said that Bruce had been outed to his wife by someone from the gay community. And as a result of that, he thinks a kind of switch had flipped. And that was the start of this process. One of the bits I found most interesting, you're speaking to these two guys. I can't remember which victim they're associated with but one of the guys is like absolutely no he's not gay there's no chance that he was gay he's very manly dan it killed me this did it was you're you're talking about a guy called saber and saber is the nephew of majid Kayan. majid Kayan was one of the men that had gone missing and parts of his body were found in this in this garden so he was murdered by bruce macarthur now 
I, at this point, had done so much research. So I knew Majid Kayan was known. That's his name, Majid. He's known to the gay community as Hamid. As soon as I hear that, I'm thinking about so many of the brown-skinned gay men that I grew up with who have separate names. Yeah. A gay name and one for the people that they like their families, wow, right? Wow, really? I know so many people that do that. I know people to this day that will have a gay Instagram and a straight Instagram. Wow. On the two different crazy. names, right? So this is all going on in the back of my mind. And then his friends are telling me, yeah, we knew him. His name is Majid, but we knew him as Hamid. Yeah, he lived with his boyfriend. His boyfriend was a nice guy. He was called Harold. Uh, when his family would visit, they'd just say, oh, yeah, is this your roommate? And he'd say, yeah, this is my roommate, you know, and just leave it at that. And he lived near the gay village. As far as we are concerned, he was part of the community. We all knew him as Hamid. We knew his boyfriend, Harold. I go around to see the family, you know, the most hospitable, lovely, traditional Afghan family. Tea. Yeah, cakes cake. everywhere. Eat yeah. this, eat this, eat this, eat this, <laughs> right? And then we get down to the conversation and I'm just, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, how do I navigate this without them getting upset? And so I'm talking about him and his personality and all of that stuff. And then I say, look, I do want to understand. And I know this is a difficult thing to speak about. Tell me about his life in Church Street. Right, I'm thinking this is an easy way in Church Street. They know it's the gay village. And they say, yeah, yeah, he was just normal guy, normal guy, normal guy. And then I think, okay, I just need to go for the jugular. Okay, did he ever talk about being gay? Did he ever talk about his relationships? My God. So Sabir, his adult nephew, you know, this is a man in his 40s, maybe older. He said, yeah, yeah, he, he's not gay. <laughs> yeah. He's not gay. He was uh, the manliest man, you know, kind of suggesting that being manly. Yeah, like reinforcing stereotypes. Yeah, and... like gay men apparently all very feminine, perhaps. I don't know, you know. Nothing wrong with being... if. Yeah, but I mean, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like nothing wrong with being feminine at all. But what are you suggesting here? Right, exactly. Like not everyone that's gay walks around saying, hey, I'm gay. So did I'm... you educate him on mask for mask culture so, and how toxic Well, this is the thing that like I'm in their house and I'm thinking, is this the moment where I say... Okay, I need to have a conversation with you about this. Because at this point, they had brought me into their house. They didn't know that I was gay. And I, I think they probably do by now. I've never had that conversation with them. You don't think he was gay? No, absolutely not. Because I know him very well. He was more man than any other person that I know. He was not into those things. Maybe he was tricked into something. I don't know. He was not born like that. There's also kind of assumption about people's lives and cultural values. I met this guy who had known one of the men that went missing. He'd known a guy called Majid Kayan who was murdered. And he said to me with a straight face, no bad intention. This is just a member of the community, gay guy. He goes to me, ah, yeah, when Majid went missing, he's Afghan. We thought his family probably, you know, had him on or killed. Like, what? How do you respond to that? Yeah, yeah. I'm laughing not because it's funny. I'm laughing. No, completely, completely. I, I, I get it. It's kind of so beyond the pale. You think, how do you respond to that? And if if you genuinely believe someone was honor killed, isn't the first thing you do, make noise, call the police. Yeah. Say this, something terrible has happened. Oh, you don't just kind of think, ah, it's a cultural thing, so I'll keep out of it. I don't know, though. Like, is part of you as a gay person going, well, bad things happen to us all the time. So it's probably just another bad thing that's happened because we're gay. Maybe there is. Maybe maybe I think is. that's how I would feel. Not about honor killings. Obviously, yeah. that's horrific. But I think in some way I go, oh well, you know, we are gay, so we deserve it. It's 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 horrible. But I think there are these cultural factors. So on one hand, there's this thing about you know people saying, yeah, maybe he's been honor killed. On the flip side of that, I heard this again and again and again. The police saying, if there's men from immigrant communities and um, they're not out and their families don't know about them, 
if they go missing, maybe they just don't want to be found. Maybe they just want to kind of melt into the background, start a new life in a different city. Maybe they've moved to Vancouver. Maybe they've gone to Europe. Yeah. You know, so there's these kind of assumptions about these lives. And let's be honest about it. Some of those assumptions, I, as a brown-skinned gay man, I know lots of people that have just cut off ties with their families and started a whole new life. So some of those assumptions are based on lived experiences that we've heard about. But does that mean the result of this is understandable, i.e. that eight men had to lose their lives and be murdered before this guy was stopped? Absolutely not. Does it mean things could have been done better? Of course they could. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you think that your work in this documentary is the way things should be done versus Jeffrey Dahmer on Netflix and the trauma that that has caused the victims' families? So I would never outright this another production unless I thought I can put a finger on the shittiness in it. Dahmer, the issue that I had primarily is one, yes, it upset a lot of people, but that's not my primary issue. My primary issue is some of what was in the Dahmer series, and I have watched it all. Some of what was in the Dharma series is there for dramatic effect. It's not actually factual. There are things in there that are purely there for dramatic effect and a story twist. I don't think that's responsible. I don't think anyone that made Dharma claimed to be journalists. Do you know what I mean? They didn't claim to be doing this as a journalistic endeavor. They're very upfront. Ryan Murphy is amazing, you know, absolutely amazing in so many ways. So I'm not going to diss him, but when you've got a case that is so close in proximity in terms of time, when people, family members are still alive today and they can watch that and they can think, hold on, that didn't happen that way. I think you've got to ask some questions. And I don't, did you guys watch it? I haven't, he, he has. You've I, seen the whole thing? I couldn't do it. In terms of Santa Claus serial killer being a journalistic endeavor, I do, anyone can feel free to disagree with me. I think that has value because what does it do? It holds a mirror up to society. It holds a mirror up to the police. It holds, and this will make some people uncomfortable, it holds a mirror up to our communities. When I say our communities, I'm talking about gay people. You know, it holds a mirror up to us and says, how can we look after ourselves? How can we look after each other? How can we be more compassionate to each other? And all of that stuff I think is really valuable. I wouldn't apologize for any of that. And how do you think we can be more So let me give you let other? me give you an example. So episode five is like the sex episode. So I go to a gay sauna. I'm interviewing people there. I go to a chem sex party. I meet a chem a G dealer who also sells crystal meth and a bunch of other stuff. I was at this chemsex party and I met this guy. I'd met him when he was sober and he's talking about G. Now, for anyone that doesn't know G, you know, G is, uh, G is a substance. Most often is used consensually. It's illegal. It's an illegal substance. Doesn't smell of anything. Doesn't really taste of anything. And it's very easy to pass out on it. So it's synonymous with, with date rape. And the reason I'm there and asking him about this stuff is because Bruce MacArthur is known to have used G with some of the men he murdered. So I'm asking this guy at the chemsex party about his use of G and I say, you know, have you ever been taken advantage of? And he looked me in the eye and he goes, what do you mean have I been raped? And I said, yeah, I'm asking you. And he said, oh, Mabin, that's really difficult to answer. 
because you can't rape the willing. At that point, everyone in the room is like, what the fuck has just come out of his mouth? What has he said? And I say to him, I'm like, oh, please, like, you know, I'm not going to be judgy. Explain what you mean. And he says, look, for some of some men, he says that we're dealing with so much trauma and fucked up ideas about our sex lives being filthy and dirty and stigmatized that we end up in this weird place where rape can become a fantasy. And he was clear about that. He was like, yeah, I've had that fantasy. So I don't know if I've been raped because some guys, and this will make a lot of people really uncomfortable. He said, some guys, it's their fantasy to pass out, to be raped. And they'll say, yeah, film it so I can watch it later. You can't rape the willing is a common, is a common phrase that was is used. And like, if I, we consensually both use the drug and then I pass out, it's a question about whether or not we can still take advantage of you while you're sleeping or not. Some guys are really against that. Once I pass out, do not play with me. But some guys are like, yeah, please do and film it so I can watch it. <laughs> um, it's a, everyone's got different fetishes, you know. Some people, are their fetish is unconscious guys, guys who are sleeping or guys who are G'd out because uh, it gives them a sense of power. I was so not surprised by that moment when I watched that. There you go, because we know, you know, on a level, we know we've had those conversations with people. And I think going back to your, your point about, you know, how can we look after each other? There's a couple of ways you can react to that. And gay people do this all the time. Straight people do it all the time as well. But gay people, some of us will watch that and they'll say, oh my God, that's disgusting. What's wrong with this guy? Why has he got no morality? Or you can look at that and you can think, okay, you know, all sex has, of course, like I would say 90% of sex is psychological, like 10% is physical. Yes. So what is the psychology that is leading to this moment? And let's just be frank about it. If you're at a chemsex party... And someone passes out. Are you going to be the guy that just steps over them because there's a piece of hot dick over there? Or are you going to be the guy that says, do you know what? I'm going to take this guy into the next room and just lie him down so he's okay and maybe get him a drink of water. Are you going to be the guy that's going to speak to the group about what consent is and like having a bit of compassion and being nice to each other? Or are you going to be the guy that just turns the music up and says, yeah, yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Don't lose your keys. Put your keys in that little... You know, thing. I'm talking like I've go to lots of campsites. Babes, parties, it's so. okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a safe space. Yeah. So, like, are you, who are you going to be? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I don't want anyone thinking that I'm saying, ah, oh, yeah, if we're all nice to each other, then no one's going to be the victim of a serial killer. Serial killers and bad people are always going to be out there. But that doesn't change the fact that as a community, we can look after each other better. We absolutely can. And that's one of the things that I want to come out of this conversation and out of this series. A gay and a non-gay. Obviously, you're married. So I don't know whether you would use dating apps necessarily, but like, has it put you off potentially using them in the future? So I, so I don't use dating apps anymore. I used to love dating apps. I used to love the rush of like, okay, I've got 20 minutes. Can I find someone screwing 20 minutes? Can I do it? Well, literally like, oh, I've just got off the bus. I've got, I'm 20 minutes early for a meeting. Can I get this? Yeah, can I Can I get it done in 20 minutes? Like, yeah. it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, okay. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Not or... really, no. But... Yeah. <laughs> Not I, but, yeah, I yeah. completely know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. You know, certainly when I was like younger, when I was in my 20s, I was in a different place. Yeah. And you know, I have to think about the psychology of that. Like what was going on with me there. And it took me a long time to work that out. And I'm, I'm not being judgy. I'm not saying that I was bad then and now I'm good. Because lots of people and lots of my friends now have lots of great 20 minute hookups and are having a great time. And there's no problem with that. I'm glad right? you said that. But what I am saying, and to answer your question, when I got back from Toronto with my very close friends, what did I say to them? I said, babes, next time 
like it's four o'clock in the morning and you got someone's house can you send me the address can yeah. you send the address on the group and we do now they they do share those addresses and maybe a few years ago or certainly before i was in toronto they wouldn't have done that because they would like what's gonna happen it's 20 minutes yeah mm-hmm. it's not an issue that's what i'm talking about it's just a little bit of thought that's really good advice for people listening to yeah just share with someone you trust it's horrible to say so horrible to say it's heartbreaking but if a lot of these men who were exploited by bruce MacArthur, if they had felt that they could be open about who they actually are if they had felt that they could send a message or put in a call to someone that they can trust and say yeah i'm going to see this guy he's called bruce this is his place would bruce MacArthur have gone on undetected to murder eight people I don't think he would have done. I think he would have been stopped. There, there's a lesson in that. Of yeah. course there is. It's just sad, isn't it? How we just accept, you know, like the stuff you were saying about the rape and the chemsex parties mm-hmm. and stuff. Like we just accept that that's sort of part of our lives and that we deserve these terrible things to happen to us because of the shame we've had inflicted. And I think sometimes I can get, Dan and I will get into a, a little riff about like straight people being to blame for everything. Mm-hmm. And I think this is why it's like, because straight people not all straight people but straight culture because of the world we are told we're wrong all this shit happens mm-hmm. and we a lot of it is coming from our own community because of what has been told to us C- completely and it's so awful I and mean, it's hard to not misdirect that and Jace, hate. you know what if we're gonna go there let's let's absolutely go there right because what is sex ultimately sex is like an exchange of like cells touching each other it's an exchange of matter that's all it is and yet what do we think of sex as we think of sex as like it's a moral thing it affects who you are as a person it's about your your moral compass often it's it's a decider of whether someone is good or bad that's how we are are raised to view sex and then when you're gay then there's a whole nother dynamic then it's like okay there's danger there for decades we believed that we were going to get a disease that was going to kill us so everything was like oh my god i had sex oh my god why do i do this you know i need to go wash myself all this like mad stuff so we have this residual trauma a lot of us do, and I think it's really important to talk about that. And we do, and and that stuff will manifest in quite odd ways. And one of the ways that can manifest, and I've seen this, is a lot of us will put ourselves in situations that are are dangerous. A lot of us will put ourselves in situations that are dangerous. A lot of us will have, you used the word a few times, a lot of us will have this underlying feeling that we deserve something bad to happen. Why? Because since the year dots, you know, as far back as we can go, we've been told... If you do that dirty thing, then you're attracting the wrath of God or the universe or whatever it might be. So we believe deep down that we deserve not to be safe. We have to establish and reestablish and tell each other again and again and again that if you're having sex and if you're having a lot of sex or you're a sex worker or you're doing substances, none of that stuff means that you deserve to be unsafe none of that stuff means bad things happening to you is your fault there's a contributor in i think he's in episode two called josh josh was a sex worker he was using crystal meth by the time he was 15 and um i got in touch with him and he was living a few thousand miles away from toronto which is where he'd been when he had met bruce MacArthur. i contacted him and he said i would like to come back to toronto i'd like to speak to you about this story and we went back to the to the apartment block where he met Bruce MacArthur and he broke down in tears when we were filming. He broke down and he said, Rabin, I don't understand. I wasn't a contributing member of society. I was uh, on crystal meth. I was a sex worker. And yet I survived and other people died. 
just think about what he's saying there. He's saying, as someone that was using crystal meth and a sex worker, he felt he didn't deserve to live. Mm-hmm. There's something so kind of deeply rooted in him where he believes because he's using substances, he's a sex worker, he's not valuable enough to be alive. And in that moment, you know, I'm not a counselor, I'm not a psychologist, but I had to say to him, you cannot for a second think that anything you did contributed to you deserving pain and death. Thank God he survived. Eight others didn't. But their conduct, the fact that they were having sex, the fact that they might have had some secrets, the fact that some of them might have been using substances, the fact that some of them were sex workers, none of that means that they deserve to be in danger and that they didn't deserve to stay alive. And we have to, as a community, have that conversation and lift each other up and reinforce those ideas. We absolutely do. We are all deserving of safety and of love and of care and compassion and all of those things. Mabeen, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Thank you so much. Sorry I kind of turned into Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what else could we want? Find us on your socials at Gay Non Gay. Listen at gaynongay.com or just search Non Gay at your fave pod app. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Karen Anderson. And I'm Vanessa Bennett. And we are the hosts of the Puberty Podcast. It's a show that weaves together scientific research, parenting strategies, and hilarious stories to help adults who are raising kids through adolescence. First, we lay the groundwork for how puberty has changed. And then we get into the tricky territory of how to talk about it with kids. Listen to us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.